0: Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Recruiting is No Joke. It's your host, Joel Algie. I'm super excited about today. We've got an amazing guest that I know we're going to learn a lot from. Uh, and I'm also excited to announce that we've got a new sponsor. Uh, and that's Brightheart. You can see it right up here. Sorry, the camera kind of sends me the opposite way. Uh, but Brightheart is essentially a tool that helps with quality of hire uh, they allow on the platform to actually transcribe interviews and uh, and you get to create a data set. So instead of having a really short little submission that we used to in interviews, it actually allows you to review data and in, in increase that quality of hire as well. So super excited to have Bright Hire sponsoring us um, and super excited for our guest today as well. So Jane, I'm going to just have you uh, quickly introduce yourself, let us know uh, what your role is, what company you're with, and then uh, we'll get into the conversation. And guys, if you have questions today, let us know. We want to make it interactive. And I'd love to just know who's out there anyway. So get in the chat, let us know. So Jane, nice to uh, have you with us. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Joel. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and um, have a good conversation with you. So I'm Jane Curran. I lead talent acquisition globally at JLL. Uh, JLL is a commercial real estate firm. We have about uh, 100,000 employees. And um, I sit in Chicago and I've been with JLL for 21 years, believe it or not.
0: Wow. So I, I know, uh, in, in the, uh, the introduction as well, uh, obviously you've got a lot of people reporting into you. you got a, a pretty big talent team. Uh, so how big is that team right now? Would you, would you say?
1: Our, uh, talent acquisition team is over 300 people globally. And that includes, um, all of our amazing functions from hiring coordination. We do have a robust uh, sourcing research uh, function, as well as recruiters, um, leaders, and then we also have um, an executive search team and an early careers team.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, is it 30,000 hires a year? Your team is, it is. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's uh it's pretty large scale. I, uh-huh. I can't even imagine that uh, managing that and managing all those expectations within there. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that, but I've, I'm really curious, like how did you get started in recruitment and and like, how did you find yourself? Um, was it it calls that you, you started in recruiting. So like how did you find yourself in that position?
1: I actually started in college. So, um, when I was an undergrad, I knew I wanted to get into business some way, shape or form. So one internship led to another. And I, um, started uh, supporting the nurse recruiter at the university hospital uh, where I went to school. So that just kind of got me hooked into the whole experience of uh, finding talent and um, helping them find the right opportunity. So then, yes, I graduated from college and was like, well, I wanna do this full time. So I did apply to an entry level recruiting position at Kohl's um, headquartered in Milwaukee. And I did that for two and a half years. I did hourly recruiting and then I did uh, professional recruiting at their headquarters.
0: So, well, I mean, and I'm super curious. Too, I mean, I've been in the industry now for coming up to eight years. So obviously, uh, even when I was in started, we had LinkedIn, LinkedIn recruiter, all these uh, all these tools. So uh, I would love it. I'm just curious, like, how did you guys go about Fine, yeah. no, I, people, it, you know, without, yeah, without just without like, you know, obviously indeed and, and things like that. Like what yeah. was the strategy there?
1: It was a uh, newspaper. I mean, I can remember hmm. distinctly, like, my parents brought me the Help Wanted ad section when I was about to graduate from college to say, you know, here's how you're going to find your position, literally um, mailing or faxing in resumes. And same same <laughs> uh, when I started to recruit. I mean, I was posting ads in, you know, the Sacramento Bee and, you know, you name it, newspapers, I knew them. I knew zip codes. You, we, we all had maps, like, legit atlases, you know, to find out, well, where was this location and what's the best newspaper? So, um, and then the fax machine, I mean, you all were all gathering on the fax machine constantly to be like, whose resume is this? So it has transformed from when I started to recruit to today. And it's been really fun to be part of all that technology transformation.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I guess I'm curious, I mean, do you think that technology has made things easier or like more difficult in some ways? Like what's, what are your thoughts of that? Cause I, I think, you know, I think of something like the easy apply button, for example, like it just seems like, yeah, it's really easy for, you know, to build up a big candidate pipeline, but you see these pipelines of a thousand candidates. I mean, is that like, what are your thoughts with that?
1: Well, I think, I think back to like, recruiters are in actually the business of saying no, right? But in the best, mm. most professional way possible, right? When you open a rack, one person's going to get that job and the rest aren't. So I agree with you that um, I think technology has made it easier to apply, but I don't think easier to get the position because now there's just way more applicants to work through. So there's more quantity, but I'm not always sure quality. So it just kind of depends, but I, I think there's many, many benefits to the technology component, hopefully speed. Um, but I'm not sure. I feel bad for the candidates, right? I mean, cause you can, You could push out 200 resumes a day to applications and then wonder well why am i not getting those positions and i think it's just many times um the ratio of applicants to opportunity is just not a match
0: yeah i got a message from someone today that said they'd applied to 600 roles in the last week and hadn't heard back from anybody which which obviously you know i kind of responded and thought okay you might want to be more targeted or you know try different ways to reach people which uh you know, obviously like LinkedIn connecting to people and you, totally. can, you can kind of build up the network. What, what about in terms of, um, you, you know, this, this whole idea of, um, I, I guess, with technology impacting recruitment and, and not necessarily making it any easier? Like what what do you think, like something like AI or like these other tools that they're talking about in, in the future? Like, do you see that Um helping, or I guess, I guess is that something you're experimenting with on your team as well. Like how, how do you manage that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, we're always looking at opportunities to help the team, um, run more efficiently. I think that those pieces of technology probably still favor the employer than the candidate, right? Cause we're all trying to find the right match as fast as possible. Um, so I think it's, Inevitable, but I, as a as a candidate, I always tell candidates apply. That's the first step. If you're going to get hired for a position, you're going to have to get into the ATS. You're going to have to have all your information there. But I tell folks, don't stop there. Right? It's mm-hmm. always best to network, um, and and also I always say tell everybody if you're looking for a job, you should be telling everybody you know. You know, when you're out and about, friends, family, cousins, relatives, whatever it is, because they're like, oh, I heard so and so's got a position open. So I think you have to do like analog and digital. You always have to be applying and, and, and getting your um, name out there. Um, networking through LinkedIn, I think, or whatever your tool of, uh, of choice is. But I think if you're out there putting yourself out there, more opportunities will come your way than just applying and, and not hearing back. I think you have to um, go for coffees, connect with old colleagues, old friends from college. Who knows? There's just different ways that you're going to need finding a job as a full-time job. It really is. There's a lot of work and effort that needs to go into finding your next opportunity. And I would, um, I would do both. I would, I would apply, but I would also network.
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of recruiting is no joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor bright hire the old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore. And my friends at bright hire are here to help. BrightHire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. Talk about this all the time too. Like It's not just when you um, are, are in need of a job, right? that you're right. networking. I think a lot of us forget that actively networking is just a great thing to do while you're happily employed as well and like just constantly growing that network so then when you actually need something or you do need an opportunity like that you have almost like a bank account of investments that you've poured into and these relationships you have poured into so you can reach out to people um what, what about in terms of like the candidate experience when you're dealing with the volume that you're dealing with like how how do you kind of maintain a quality candidate experience which seems to be top of mind for yes a lot of companies right now so I, I'm curious like how, how you're approaching that with your team and uh, how you keep people accountable in your team as well
1: yeah well we're really excited we've been um, trying to um, you know be recognized for good candidate experience and um, we've been um, submitting a nomination for the candy award to the talent board for the last couple of years and we were lucky enough to um, win an award in, in EMEA and an APAC uh, this year. We did not win in the in the Americas, but we are getting the feedback and, and working harder on that. I think ways in which we've been able to differentiate ourselves is just taking care of the candidate, right? So timely responses. I encourage my recruiters every Friday to like button up the week, like who's waiting for a response. Even if you tell them, hey, I haven't heard yet. I'll, you know, um, Any response is better than no response. So try to carve out um, time on your Fridays to close down the week and plan for the next. Um use the systems and technology that we have to keep people informed of their status and their process. Again, letting somebody know they're not going to get a position is much better than absolutely no response. And that's what we've been learning through the talent board and the candy awards is just, this isn't like a hard equation to solve. The (laughs) candidates just want to know. So it's best that you chase the hiring manager for an update then put it off another week or another week and it it kills our brand. It kills their experience. You want them to reapply. And that's what we're really learning through all this data is that if you treat them well, even if they don't get the job, right, which most people won't because you have more applicants than opportunities, you just got to let them know. And then hopefully they'll reapply. Hopefully they'll be in your pipeline. Hopefully they'll refer a friend. You never know, but it's really, um, you got to remember we're dealing with humans and they have the, um, Right expectations to have updates, and and it's our job as recruiters to provide those.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, obviously, nobody wants. Everybody wants to get the job, so you know it's always disappointing when you hear that you haven't got a job. But I mean, it definitely, it's something you hear a lot with like the ghosting, and and I think yeah. you know it's it is it is really important just to remember. I love that that view of like, okay, this could be somebody that potentially could be an employee, a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even a client at some point. And so, so keeping that in mind, uh, well, I'd, I'd love to hear too, a little bit about your journey and, and just obviously at JLL, you've been there for a good amount of time. So like, how, how did you kind of know going, going there that you would end up with this global team and managing like, and I guess like how did you kind of progress in your career to, to this point? And like, what point did you know? Like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. If
1: that, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a, um, I think working hard and and hustling has a lot to do with it. But I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So (laughs) after I was at Kohl's for two and a half years, I really wanted to get to Chicago. I I thought, why not? There's a ton of opportunity there. So I had a good friend who worked at Anderson Consulting. So I went from like corporate professional recruiting to campus recruiting. And it was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, And then after that, I went to JLL, but I went to JLL right before 9-11. And after a month, um, I was there, that happened. And they're like, well, we're not going to be recruiting. Would you like to um, be a business partner? So I was like, sure, give it a try. Um, So I did that for like 10 years. And then I realized, ooh, I love recruiting. That was the one thing that got me up every morning was, you know, helping people find an opportunity. JLL is a great place to work. I love to sell the opportunities and the experience. So that was my favorite part of my job. So after a while I was like, mm, I think I just wanna go straight into recruiting, not have to be like a portion of my position. So I think that was uh, 12 years ago. So I think I spent half my time as a business partner and then now half in TA. And I you know started leading a business line, then the country, then a region, and then the globe. But it wasn't like, I guess I just, I love to solve business problems, I love this organization, and to me, it was just where's the next problem. I wasn't necessarily being like, well, this will get me promoted, or, or this is definitely going to get me, mm. you know, more money. That's never been my intention. I just work hard, hustle hard, solve business problems, and the recognition, and the promotions, and the new opportunities—they just kind of follow suit. Um, at least that's been my experience.
0: No, I love, I love that, and uh, we've got a couple of questions here too that, that I, I want to get to. I know. Uh, Susan, I just asked earlier: Is there going to be a recording of this? There will be. I'm going to actually strip the audio and put it onto to a podcast, and then you can just go to my profile anytime uh, to view this as well. It gets recorded and it will live on on LinkedIn. Uh, and then we have a question here: Just uh, what do you look for? And and I'd be curious about this too. Like when you're looking to add and grow your recruit, recruitment team, um, you know, what, what are the I guess the types of things that you're looking for for. Uh, even just people who are going to get promoted into like a director level, what what are some of the things that you're looking for and some of the, the qualifications and characteristics of, of people that you've, you've seen do well in, in those roles?
1: I would say first and foremost, curiosity, mm. like recruitment to me is like, you're constantly trying to, you know, solve a puzzle. You've got a need from a, uh, the business hiring manager, you've got to go find that right match and fit and you know, you hope the right person applies, but usually there's a lot of work involved in just finding the right applicant or finding the right candidate you've sourced. Um, so I'm just always looking for creative people that won't stop at well, I, I you know I got I got two people in front of the hiring manager. I, I hope they choose one. It's like I'm as a recruiter when I had a full desk, I never stopped. I was like, well, I hope those two candidates work, but they might not. So I got to keep I got to keep my pipeline um, rich. So that, that's number one is just curiosity. I think the other thing is um, recruiters of the future to me are also marketers. Mm. They understand that like the job's never done. Like the way that we're organized is by, you know, geography and function. So say I recruit project managers for a living. Well, I should have, I should be known in the market as like the project manager recruiter. I should be known or I should know where do my project managers hang out? Um, What's the best social, you know, platform that they, they're they using? What can I, can I host like um, get togethers every month virtually for coffee? Like just keeping that pipeline really, really warm. Is that, that's kind of what I'm looking for in a recruiter too, is just post and pray is dead. Those days are gone. So how are you making sure that your organization like JLL has a good reputation in the market? You have a good reputation in the market. You're constantly curious about what, um, you know, what conferences do these folks go to like just getting in front of the business, like shadowing a new project manager once a month, um, calling your new hires for referrals after they've been here for a while. So just those, just constant new ways of building your, your, um, pipeline and not just waiting like, you know, what's my new, what's, when's the next rec going to come in? Like just proactive. Yeah. That answers the question.
0: No, no, that I think, I think that's huge. And I think, you know, curiosity isn't, I don't think it's talked about as much, um, you know, when it, I mean, it is, it is, I think offline within recruiters, but I don't think a lot of people would, uh, think about that. Like if they're trying to get into recruiting as well, like, oh, you know, I, am I naturally curious? Like, am I asking questions in just conversations that I'm having outside of work as well? So I, I think that is, is really helpful. And we've got another question here too. It just says, if someone is going to do a career shift in the recruiting, um, any advice and best ideas on how to get into the industry? Um, So I guess like, how would you approach it? Like if you're at a company and you're looking to shift internally within, within the company, like what are some things that you could do? Yeah. And is, is that something that you see as like a viable way in as well? Like, okay, we've got this, we've got this employee that's in customer service, let's say, and, but they really want to get into recruiting. Like how, how would you have them approach that?
1: Yes, we've had several people from the business come join our team, because I'm like, if you understand what we do, I can teach you recruiting. You know, if you've got the basic principles and a good work ethic, we'll, we'll teach you the rest. Um, I think you have to find a willing organization and, and um, manager that's uh, willing to train. Uh, I think the other key skills, too, as far as addition to curiosity, is just data. Like, are you good with data? Do you enjoy data? Because very often when you're in this position and working with the business, um, TA recruitment is very quick to, easy to blame, right? Well, I haven't filled this position. Where are the candidates? And you're like, well, you know, I've sent you three. You interviewed two. Never heard back, right? Now um, I need to give them feedback or I need to co- close them out or you cancel the last three interviews. Like You just have to be really good with influencing throughout authority and having good data to back up your process. But switching into recruiting internally, again, I, I don't think it's an impossible task, but you've got to find the right organization and and um, hiring manager that's that's willing to support you. If it doesn't work internally, I of, often think the right um, agency is a great... Uh, that, that was the
0: next question too. Okay. And it did clarify, I said, not in a company, just want oh, start, to start a new, start career. new career. And obviously you went into, I mean, most of the guests that I have on I would say eighty to ninety percent start in agency. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I think like your kind of like career path in in a lot of ways like starting internal. I don't know how common that necessarily is. Like, do you see that a lot? And I
1: don't. Yeah, but I absolutely love hiring from agencies. Love it. So I would say to this question here is is I would go to a reputable agency and um, start there. They have the best training programs. You, I, I mean, there's pros and cons, don't get me wrong. But I do think <laughs> that they're. I think it's like, it's a good training ground. I know sometimes it's not where people want to stay forever. But you come out of there understanding the tools, the tips, the tricks that good TA professionals have. And then um, I just love the way that a, a good agency recruiter runs their desk. You know, they spend their morning, say, doing cold calls. Afternoon, they button up their um databases the afternoons maybe they do more calls or future planning I don't know I've just seen really good discipline coming out of an agency so if you were to start fresh I would say you know try try a reputable agency and and get into one of their training programs
0: yeah and tally I mean they just followed up as that recruiting agency question mark so a recruitment agency yes. is essentially a third party that helps companies find people. Uh, so if you just do a Google search recruitment agency, you will see plenty of recruitment agencies um, out there, you know, so uh, do a little bit of, re- of research there. If it is something you're looking to get into. And I a hundred percent agree. I think it's a tough training ground, but you just get exposure so quickly. And then even if you spend six months to a year learning the ropes, learning the language, mm-hmm. what different things mean, it's easier to get in. Um, Another another quick question here, too, and I'm loving these questions, guys. If you have other questions, I definitely uh, think now is a great time to be uh, typing them out. But uh, got, how do you validate a measure culture fit during your recruitment, recruitment process? process. And, um, and I guess even going further from that, like, do you think like I guess what's your view on like culture fit versus culture ad, and like kind of the shift we're seeing there as well?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I believe in both. I think um you know, it always depends on on how progressive the leader is. Um, I certainly try to build my team with culture ads, right? Like I don't need any, you know, if we've got a lot of this skill that I'm looking for that skill, or if I've got a lot of this background, I'm looking for that background. So I definitely believe in culture ad. Um, As far as a culture fit for me, kind of what you had said earlier, Joel, like we're a big company with, um we do everything from the boiler room to the boardroom when yep. we're looking for talent i need hvac technicians and i need you know million dollar brokers like i'm just making that up but like i need a lot <laughs> of yeah different- there's, there's
0: definitely there's definitely like a, a a lot of different skill sets types right. of personality i mean it's, it's a huge organ. i mean we're not dealing and, with like a 20 person startup here so right
1: with a lot of opportunity um lots of process. Like, and I just need to know that that person would like love all of that versus be like, that's not my game. You know, it's like, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? Like, I just have to like figure out what type of um environment and culture you're looking for. I think that uh, JLL has so many opportunities. So you can like start in one position, develop in place, make a lateral move, try something new. Like, there's just like endless opportunities. Clearly if I've been here as long as I've been here like I've never run out of things to do, which I love. I love big and complex. Yeah. But if you like uh smaller um you know then that might not be the right fit. So I think I'm always looking for both cuz I want our our new hires to love it and if if some of those things are like not not my jam then I then maybe it's not the right fit. So
0: yeah. Well and I, and I think too like Obviously, like when you're in an organization your size, there's going to be different pockets of culture within the organization anyway, and it's it's gonna you know it's, you're gonna have different fields and different Correct. orgs, and 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 so uh, it's a little bit I think more complicated than and you know you've really but you know the organization you've been there for a long time so you've 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 learned that oh I'm sure over time of like uh, of what that looks like I'm I guess I'm curious with like just work culture as a whole seeing a lot more now of, you know, people coming into the workforce or maybe people who have been in the workforce, like really wanting like flexibility and almost like work to work for them. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I put it that way, so I think of like remote work, for example, I think it's a great example of, I want flexibility. I want to be able to do the things I do. Like, how, how do you see that playing out at JLL? Like, is that making recruiting harder? Like, I guess what what are your what are your kind of thoughts with that with those types of trends if if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, I think that we are a very progressive organization, right? So like my entire team was working remotely before COVID. So like it wasn't a big what are we going to do, how are we going to make this all work <laughs> like you know, um, flexibility if possible in your role, you will have it. Right? If yeah. some roles just don't allow it, it has nothing to do with the person in the role. A lot of it is just like your role has to be in person. So we have a wide range of opportunities whether you want to have a flexible work from home remote or in office i really do encourage my team though if possible like i go in two days a week two days tuesdays and thursdays and i encourage my team to do the same if they're in and we have sit we have offices all over the globe so the likelihood that they can go in a couple days a week is possible i just think it helps identify with our culture identify with your stakeholders so yeah. i just believe in in both like i'm a big pro- proponent of, um, hybrid that that you can, um, in some weeks, you know, if you're busy, you may not make it in, but just that constant connection with, with the brand, the people, the experience that we're, um, providing is what I try to do for my team.
0: And is that trend, is that something that you see mainly, I guess, with your U S teams, or is that something that we're seeing across the globe as well? Like, I guess what's some, what are the mindsets globally with this as well?
1: um same actually like Mm. the ta team uh in 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 emia and apac both have flexibility you know i'm like run your day and your week um that fits for you but also for the stakeholders right if all your stakeholders are in the office two days a week try to match up with those days because those intersections you're going to have in the hallway getting coffee like it just it builds it makes things go so much faster and they can identify. Oh, you're you're my TA lead. Awesome. Totally. Nice to meet you. Just that relationship speeds everything up. No relationship is really hard to get work done quickly. I just think it makes um, things go faster.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think like obviously like agency side, I really see a big case for uh, for remote work, and then obviously doing like client site visits and things like that, and building the relationship that way. But internal, I mean, if you want to build a relationship spending the time and having the hiring manager see you, it is a great way to just build that respect and that authority. And like you say, like you want to be able to influence decisions, get things done. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to kind of dismiss someone if you, if you never see them. Um, and so I do, uh, I, I do think like interesting enough with internal, and like a, HR, same thing, like having that face to face, it's so important because you represent, you just represent, you represent a lot of the people. And I'm obviously like anyone who watches my content knows that, I'm a huge proponent for remote work, but it's also like, I'm a bigger proponent for people knowing what's needed to get the job done. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it's at certain times you just need to be able to build those relationships that way.
1: Right.
0: Um, I, I mean, I, someone else had a, had a quick question here too. Um, which I think is, it's a really interesting, it just says, do you think ageism is a real issue in recruiting and hiring? I'm 55 was laid off in August, diverse background in the military. Um, but getting ghosted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what, like, is, is that how, what what would be your kind of advice for someone in that, in that boat? Cause I do think that, you know, it's a challenge and like what are some of those things that you would advise someone doing outside of, I guess, like networking and those types of things?
1: Um, I would go back to previous managers, people that know you, people that can vouch for you, people that like, you know, we've got this amazing woman on our team that is, semi-retired and wasn't Mm. even in TA, but knew the business and was like, I want to work, um, you know, part-time I'm like, great, no problem. So like, I don't think that, that it's an issue in recruiting. I think, um, there's room for, um, everybody to, to take advantage of, of the career. Um, but if, and I would give this advice to anybody who is maybe struggling to land their next position is your previous managers, bosses, coworkers know you and will be the best people to advocate in their you know organizations uh, for your talent and for your skill?
0: yeah, no, i I, I love that. It's great uh it's great advice. and you know, one other one other question here, and then I'm gonna ask a couple of my own, but I think this is a good question. Just asking about like transferable skill. Um, within within a position, so if you like, how often how often do, are you like looking and kind of training your recruiters on looking for transferable skills, particularly with like really tough positions to fill? I guess how how are you approaching those transferable skills, and how would you have people, I guess, communicate that as well? And that might not be what's fully being asked here, but um, it's made me think of that.
1: Yeah, I think that um, we often like if we're looking for salespeople, and I mean recruiting is sales, right? but when I'm talking about like really like uh, commission-based sales professionals, we don't stick in real estate. Obviously we hire people that have been selling commercial real estate, but we also look at any type of sales because it, you know, we can teach you, teach you the real estate part, as long as you have the passion and success um, in that. So I think it's the future too, because the labor there's recession, no recession. There's just not enough labor across the world to fill the positions that will be needed in the future. So it's really our job as TA professionals to encourage hiring managers to broaden their scope, um, not care about where people went to school, not care about even if they went to school, not care about um, grade point averages. like Things like that to me are just non-starters. I'm looking at what has this person done, where, how have they contributed, what, is, what are they most proud of, um, and do they have the skills, Right. And, and with those skills, we can transfer them into many, many different opportunities. Again, I think it depends on how progressive that hiring leader is. Some are not there yet. But the more wins you have trying like a non-traditional candidate or a candidate outside of industry, the more open they are. But that is changing um, with the times and hiring managers becoming a little bit more realistic. Like You're not always going to be able to find this purple squirrel. They don't exist. right? I watch your content. You make me laugh. And many times <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, but that's what recruiting does, right? We just have to influence without authority, trying yeah. to get the hiring manager to think outside the box and win one hire at a time, right? So if a hiring manager hires five people in a year, you know, you might win one non-traditional candidate, right? But then the next year you might win two, right? So it's just this constant um, uh, education of, of hiring managers about skills and hiring for skills, based then on a narrow um, profile that they're looking for.
0: I mean you put it so well too just being data driven and like understanding and being able to present to hiring managers and say look look at the hires you made out of these hires these are the ones that you know maybe non-traditional or people that you wouldn't have even looked at when we when we discussed and starting to build a case for that. but I also think like as, as a recruiter you you've got to be identif- able to identify those transferable skills as well and have that conversation confidently with the hiring manager. And somebody say, okay, like you need to get on board. You need to trust me that I've, you know, that I'm, I'm looking for these transferable skills as well. Um, well, guys, I appreciate all the questions as well. I I guess, um, you know, I know we're, we're kind of running time, uh, running low on time here, but I just wanted to kind of get your your kind of sense. Obviously we heard about Facebook layoffs uh, today. There's a lot of like hiring freezes going on really in big tech mostly, but obviously mm-hmm. that affects every, every area. And I know that there's a lot of, needs in other industries but I, I guess what's what what are you kind of thinking and forecasting as we get move into 2023 i guess i guess what would be your kind of thoughts on on the job market as a whole like do you because it's, it's just like there's such conflicting data that I seems know. to come out where it's like um you know, even with the recession like typically you don't think of like open jobs being you know as, as high as they are so I, I guess what what are your thoughts and takes in, in the season that we're in
1: right now well it's interesting because i do i keep reading the um You know, every month the government puts out the labor report and it's like the job market's still really strong, right? There's still low unemployment and there's still a ton of opportunity. Um, I think it will slow and I think it will be bumpy for sure for the first two quarters. I think eight months from now, we'll see what industries have stabilized. There's so many macroeconomic conditions out there. With inflation, the war, you know, elections, all of those things will do play a role in in what we do as a living, uh, hiring hiring people. So, I my prediction is just probably a bumpy start to the year, and yeah. then we'll see. Um, my hope is that we'll get back to maybe a little bit more normalcy midway through. But there's a lot of factors that could say 20, the whole year of 23 could be slower. And bumpier, but I do think coming out of COVID, that that rocket ship of everybody hiring was uh, insane. was insane. And I think what I've seen because I've worked through a lot of downturns now in my career that this is just really short, like a headspin from like down to up to down. When usually these things take eight or nine years between them. Yeah. So that's what I'm finding really interesting is just this like boom, boom, boom. We're back to you know, potentially a downward trend. So
0: we'll see. Yeah. And and I guess um just following on that, like in terms of like how you coach your team, even just from like um like reassurance in terms of obviously you can't like hundred percent guarantee anything. And and I you know I posted about that recently where like we have this idea of like things being stable and it's like look, there's always gonna be unexpected things. Always. You know, you can't you can't no job is a hundred percent stable, I think was was the post that, that I put out there. But I guess just like from just like a mindset and like coaching of your team. Obviously, you got a large, large team. So like how yeah. do you kind of communicate and coach people through these times as well?
1: Um I say, where are you delivering value? Butts and seats, filling jobs, that's what we get paid to do. That's the expectation, that's ticket to entry. But where are you adding value beyond mm-hmm. that? Where is it that the business like they can't live without you? You, you, you know, the sun rises and sets with like you know, your delivering of candidates or your proactive outreach of candidates. So I really, you know, encourage them to, they're all client facing, but having really good relationships with their stakeholders. This is a downturn, but this isn't gonna last forever, right? And we're always pipelining, we're always talking to people, we're always gonna need to be recruiting. But as a recruiter, you need to be doing the basics of filling recs, but also adding that value, um, whether it's through data, insight, intel, you name it, what are you doing to make sure that that business leader is aware of labor market conditions? Um, Who is letting go of talent? How is this an opportunity for maybe taking advantage of, you know, talent from another organization, bringing them on. So that's what I'm trying to do right now is just stay focused on delivering value, building pipelines, networking, um, and keeping the managers up to date on on the market.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I just posted about that today as, as well. You know, just it's, adding value outside of just recruiting. So looking at candidate experience, employer brand, pipelining, how can we make the processes better? Because we just don't have time to do that most of the time. So it's like, these are the times where we can do that. But you've got to be able to state the case and show like, okay, this is how it's actually going to better the organization in the future as well. Um, So I love that. Well, I know we're, we're getting to the end of the show here. So the last question I always ask people is if you were to, I guess kind of put yourself back in the seat, like when you were first starting in a recruitment. Obviously we know recruitment has ups and downs. So if you were right. to, to kind of speak to someone who's early on in their career and i just wondering, like, is this for me? Should I stick it out? Like we're going through this recession and you know, maybe maybe I'm I'm worried about late getting laid off. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have been laid off. And what I guess what would you what would you say to that person?
1: I think recruiting is in you or it isn't in you, right? I mean a lot of HR professionals are like, Oh, I could never do recruiting. It's like, I'm like, (laughs) but no search is ever the same. Like I find it to be like so much fun. So I think if it's you and you know, it's you, um, just there's a huge future in talent acquisition. Every, if, if TA isn't working, the business can't even talk about HR. They can't even talk about, you know, delivering great HR services to their employees because we have to make sure that the right people are getting hired at the right time, you know? So, I know that our function and profession is needed across the globe in every industry. I would just say, again, you know, f- find the business problems to solve. What are you doing above and beyond um, just filling positions? What would I have told myself? I mean, I'm glad I stuck with, with it. I'm, But I never stopped learning. You know, I found people like you to engage with. I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm always learning. I, I just think our wow. profession has changed so much in the time I've been with it, but it gets, it's, it's getting better and better and better. And yeah. there's many different angles before, right? You're just going to be a recruiter right now. It's like, well, I could go into sourcing or research or I could do employment brand. Um, I can go into the business. So I just think there's so many angles to it that um, pick your angle, which is the one you like the most and then keep learning, keep developing, keep networking.
0: I love that. And especially with everything that you've achieved and the level you're at to still learning and, and, you know, constantly looking at how can I get better? I think that's massive. Um, and I encourage anybody to, to go back and re-listen to this episode as well. Jane, where's, where's the best place that people can find you LinkedIn? Are you active anywhere else? Like what, how, how can people, uh, I guess connect with you is what's the best way?
1: I would say LinkedIn is the best. And it's just my name, Jane Curran.
0: Awesome. Well, Jane, thank you so much. Guys, if um, if there's positions that you look at on JLL that you're interested in, um, you know, send send Jane a connection request. Look, I'll always say this yeah. day about any guest: if you message or you're trying to reach out, like you've got to be patient. We're humans. I'm getting like hundreds of messages a day. Can't get back to everybody. It's especially in this market too. We have a lot of people reaching out to us. So uh, be patient. And I know next Tuesday we've got another guest on uh, from uh, a company called Blind. I'm excited to have a conversation as well. They're in, in the tech industry, so we'll have another exciting episode next week. I want to thank you um, to the sponsor, Bright Hire, as well. Thanks so much for supporting the show. And uh, and guys, if you are looking to get more information, you can go to my profile. Um, there's links to uh, past podcast episodes. I've also got a community that you can join that's full of TA folks as well. If you click the link tree on my profile. Uh, Jane, thank you so much for your time. And we will hopefully talk in the near future. So I really appreciate it. Hi, Joel. All right. See you guys.
1: Appreciate it.